0: Good day, everyone. My name is Angel Dialwis. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Access. Full details of our business management courses can be found in ultimateaccess.net. Welcome, Otum, And I'm really glad to have you in our podcast as one of the guests. And uh, in today's session, we would like to talk about currency exposure and I think Uttam if you can first start off introducing yourself please.
1: Hello everyone and thank you for giving me this opportunity. Uh, Myself Uttam Kumar Roy and uh, I'm CFO at Tata Steel Minerals Canada based out of Montreal right now Uh, and I have been with the associated with the Tata Group for the last 20 years and for the last three years I have been uh, at Montreal looking after the Tata Steel Minerals canister. So this is a iron ore company uh, Step down subsidiary of Tata Steel India and uh, iron ore.
0: In your business item, I guess uh, currency is one risk exposure that you will need to manage very effectively if you can give me and our listeners some Uh, examples of how you do it what tools that you use that'd be really great
1: okay so it's a really an interesting subject altogether Uh, basically currency uh, market is one of the most volatile market Uh, if we look into that that the any uh, factors for example whether it's a political factors or whether it's economic factors any factors that uh, it affects the currency market in a very hugely And it's uh, we always known that this market is very volatile. Uh, For example, in our business, uh, we are as we are the iron ore. We are selling the iron ore, and iron ore is being sold across the globe in a USD. And uh, we are based out of Canada, so our all the expenses are in the Canadian dollar. So for us, the USD and the CAD is one of the major impact whenever there is any changes into this. And being this all, there is a neighboring company uh, countries. This also makes it some more important for it. For example, mostly what has happened that uh, this year, this is the most of the adventurous year. I will tell you that reason behind not only the pandemic but the U.S. elections was also there. So the volatility in the USD CAD was a at its, You can say uh, I have not seen in the last three years it has been so much. For example, in the last ninety days there had been almost a thirty-two percent of the volatility in this two. You can say that in the start of the year, we have started with the USD to CAD as a 1.4187, and today we are around uh, 1.27. So there are various factors. It's not only that the uh, pandemic, it's the US elections, the oil that uh, Canada exports. So there are a lot of other factors. As an accountant, as a CFO of the, this organization, what, uh, our objective is to protect our cash flow the very, from this volatility. So that is the primary objective that we do. So what we do uh, from a, uh, being from a traditional industry, you can say that we are not uh, uh, like any ITS industries where they are also dealing with a lot of FX currencies and uh, in a very spiral manner. So what we do as a traditional industry that we prepare our, uh, in the beginning of the year, we prepare our annual business plan. And that annual business plan is again segregated into various, month-wise for example all the 12 months we segregated into the into a small smaller plan. and as per the plan that what is the quantity that we are going to sell to the outside world uh, from the canada and uh, how much will be there will be a domestic consumption so accordingly we prepare our cash flow that's what is our inflow ultimately reason behind that we have to spend everything in the canadian dollar after once we complete that part then what we do that uh that we look into that what are the forward prices at that point of time? For example, when we prepare our annual business plan in the month of February or March for the next financial year, that point of time, what is the, our, what is the forward prices for the USD CAD uh, for, uh, for the commodity and what is the exchange forward rate for the USD CAD? So we prepare the that inflow charts. Once we prepare that inflow charts, we came to an, came to uh, estimations. That is yes, with this process our annual business plans looks great so now as an object as a finance uh, personnel what is our objective our objective is to now to protect this cash flow protect this inflow from any other volatility maybe upward maybe downward but we have to protect this one so we do then. then we go to the bankers and we do a hedging what we what the hedging is we do we do a forward hedging We are not going into any other options and all, basically as the purpose is not to speculate, but it is only to protect the cash flow. So we do a forward hedging, forward hedging, while doing this forward hedging for the commodity as well as for the FS, we have to keep in one thing very clear that we should not do a hundred percent, basically why, why we do not do hundred percent? There is a reason to be anti. because uh, as the year progresses, you do not know what are the other factors going to impact your business or how the currency market is going to behave again also, whether positively or negatively. So when we enter with the bankers, that point of time, like for the first three months we have got a clear visibility that this is how the things will span out. So we go for 75% to 100% of the forward hedging for the currency. From the third year, the third month to the 12th month, what we do, we go for a, around 50% of aging, not more than that, so that once we reach to the nearer month, then again we can take the advantages of the market, if it is a rising market, or if it is a falling market, then again we need to protect ourselves. So this is how we manage our this volatility, uh, the currency volatility you can say, currency volatility and the commodity volatility, both the things we are managing in this way
0: you know it it is quite interesting to hear your the way you manage it and when you're looking at cash flows do you look at uh, multiple scenarios or is it just one scenario what is the kind of uh, input that you get from your other business areas so yes you
1: have uh, rightly pointed out that uh, we prepare the scenarios, and uh, uh, when we prepare our annual business plan, we prepare almost three to four scenarios that we develop. And these scenarios are developed in accordance to the production capabilities, logistic capabilities, market capabilities, and the HR capability. Though the market capability for the iron ore for the last two to three years has been very good, so we do not need to. There is not a constraint any further right now. HR factor HR factor also plays a very vital role as the availability of the skilled labor is a uh, is a very scarce and that impacts the production or the logistics uh, logistics uh, areas. So we prepare the uh, your all uh, uh, these three to four scenarios keeping in the mind of all the uh, all the other factors that is affecting our business. Also with these scenarios, we also attach the sensitivity also that each of the scenarios. How they will be reacting? How they will be? Uh, uh, how the forecast will react if there is any five percent to ten percent of your suppose uh, currency changes, uh, currency exchange rate changes, or your uh, commodity prices changes? So how their uh, the EBITDA will be and which uh, scenario is better suited to adjust to this all uh, this all uh, volatility? No doubt, uh, in, uh, in the there are a lot of uh, nowadays the uh, softwares are also there, uh, which uh, which uh, takes place for this dynamic modelling. There are lot many dynamic modelling that are also been presented. Uh, still now we are following the traditional one, and uh, that is how we try to cover, uh, try to balance our entire cash flow. That whatever that is being uh, presented, how we are going to protect the uh, basically the bottom line and the and the cash volatility. So that is the objective of the entire these exercises and how the future outlook will look like. So that is how we go ahead with this uh, management and this volatility. Yes.
0: Utum, I have another question for you. Uh, well, you stated that uh, you get input from different functional areas uh, to prepare your cash flows. How do you do that? Um, what kind of engagement do you have thank you
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting questions and uh, we are all on to that cash flow uh, is not only a f&a job first we have to understand from that perspective it's not at all it's not, the cash flow is for the entire organization as a whole so what we do that uh, we start uh, for example uh, in the month of december and january when we start preparing our forecasting cash flow for the next year. Uh, we start capturing all the from each and every department that what are the lessons they have learned from the current financial year, what are the weakness point that they have prepared, and accordingly what are their what are the things that they are going to do in the next financial year. So that is first we capture the subjective. Or you can say not the quantitative matters, but the subjective matters, and we try to prepare the strength, weakness, and opportunity and threat for the entire organizations in and put up into that one. For how the FY twenty one, for example, let us discuss about the FY twenty two. So how the FY twenty two will be their SWOT analysis of the FY twenty two. The beginning of the cash flow is, of course, the underlying instrument is your product, your final product. So the material recreations. Is the first thing that as an accountant, we work with the team, with the operating team, where we can conclude that how the material is being reconciled, whether it's from the raw material or the stores and spare parts reconciliation, and then the product reconciliation. How the product, how much product will be prepared in which month, and how that will be railed and how that will be sold. And the entire stock report for the entire 12 months. So the first focus for preparing any cash flow, we should be not focusing into multiplying it with the currency, but rather first we have to focus on the material or the underlying instruments for which we are preparing this cash flow. So that has been the primary first thing that we do. Once we complete that material reconciliations and we understand that yes, this is the productions that we are going to do, this is the sales that we are going to do, this is the stock that will be held back at the end of the year or during each and every month then we get into the other numbers for example then we go to the your administrations numbers then we go to the number of employees will be required for this to make this uh, the entire things to happen and what kind of level of employee we will be requiring there, there will be hourly employees will be there or there will be your uh, or salaried employed will be will be required for this uh, to achieve this kind of uh, can say the production capability and the sales capability, and then we convert this entire material number into the financial numbers into the currency number by taking now how much this this is the quantity of the metal is going to sell then how the what will be my revenue that I am going to generate from this quantity sold then. If I have to produce, then what are the what are the costs that I'm going to incur for this production? So the material, so for preparing a cash flow, uh, it is very important. The first thing important is the material reconciliation and the material balancing, what we call as a material balancing. If once that gets completed in a correct manner for each and every scenario, the cash flow preparations becomes a very easy. Basically, after that, what happens? Is that only you incur the cost that to make that product, uh, product, and how you are going to give up, give your liability, pay your liability. So once you complete the production cost and you arrive at the EBITDA level, then you reach to the level of the cash flow. That how my how I'm going to give pay to my vendors. See, there are various kinds of vendors in your organizations. It has to be, for example. The vendors which we have contracted for that we have to pay for within 15 days also, within 30 days also, within 60 days also. Because as you get into that, into the agreement with the different vendors for the different products or uh, different supplies. So accordingly then, then you have to distribute and manage that how you are going to release your liabilities in accordance to that. And then you reach to the cash flow once you make it that yes this is the cash required and this is the cash is being generated and then that is the way we prepare so the three vital factors that we look into in the cash flow is one part is the material balancing that is the one of the primary thing that we do then what are the areas that uh, that the product cost can get impacted uh, which has not been in a historical for which there is no historical data or something that new things is going to come up so those are the things that we uh, capture and definitely one is the capex that if in the current financial year we have planned some of the capex investment so how that would be captured and how in which uh, which of the months or which of the areas that it will get impacted so these are the factors it's a it's a it's a whole team exercise it's not a cash flow, it's not at all a append exercise anymore. I do not consider it as an FND exercise. But it's a, it's a where your operations teams, your administration team, your HR team, they all plays the vital role in preparing this one.
0: Thank you Utham. So I guess um, this means your finance professional needs to have very good uh, business partnering skills and understanding of the business. Am I correct?
1: You're correct. Uh, today uh, our most of the time is in Spain the, with us discussing with the business team only. Un- unless and until a finance professional is not not engaged with the business team they will not be able to perform. Else, what will be happening? That as uh, I think that in the early 80s or uh, 90s, where we we'll used to always to produce only the historical data. So now, finance professional is not attached only with the historical data. We are more attached with the forecasting or attached with the how my business will grow and how I am going to support the CEO in taking his decisions or in uh, in making the the forecast into more viable. So our, our point is right now at this point of time is that uh, we are more engaged with the people all across the organizations. Even we are also engaged with the people outside also, for example, with the supplier and with our customer also. We get into discuss with them also that what are their expectations from our organization as a whole and what are there what we expect from them so that how it is impacting my cash flow because there could be a various uh, uh, various suppliers also will be stating that uh, uh, we need uh, uh, we need our bills cleared by within 15 days or 20 days then we have to engage with them also so as a finance professionals our engagement has increased manifold not only within the organizations with the outside organizations as well as uh, like suppliers bankers of course it has been uh, uh, predominantly the finance professionals only who are dealing with the bankers but within the organizations also the team needs to keep on discussing with the hr team that how many employees what level of employees you are employing how that is going to impact the productivity of of the organizations and ultimately it is going to impact your cash flow so the moment you are, when we are developing a cash flow the entire organizations chart comes out yes i'm uh, absolutely uh, that yes the finance professional has to engage more with the business and they need to understand the business uh in fact next to none in fact they need to understand the business more better than anyone in the organization so that they can control they can put the controls they can put the uh, put the decisions uh partnering the decisions
0: thank you that leads to a very nice question Uh, my other question to you is when you are looking for a team member what skill sets do you look for
1: the team member that we look for for example uh, in case of uh, uh, like uh, organizations like us when we look for a team member a technical skills is of course required so any uh, chat content or any cma we all know that technically they are already qualified we know what is debit credit, how so to deal with that. That is one part. But the major part is the software skills, how you are, dis- uh, how you are engaging with the people uh, outside your own uh, comfort zone area. And most importantly, for example, the, how you are dealing with the operations team, isn't behind how you are changing your conversations from more of a technical, Financial terms to the normal business layman language. That is the important factors. When we are writing nowadays a mail to an operations team, if I write that uh, as per uh, as per accounting standard thirty six, so I need this all the this all the information. I know that the no operations teams will be understanding that. So the team member that we are looking always for whatever the things that when I go for some uh, uh, when I discuss with the younger uh, team members that time, I always try to make them understand that when you are speaking to the, or within the organizations, it is not the, your, you have, the, you have to build in the financial language, but it is the business language that you have to communicate. Then only you will get the business information which you can, which can support you in developing your own accounting or your modeling much better. So it is the softer skills which is almost you can say that if the technical skills is required is a 50%. The softer skills and uh, the way you are communicating your uh, views with the other that also weights almost a 50% to be a successful finance professional.
0: Thank you, Utham. That's great insight from you. From you know, I think all our listeners would really enjoy your technical. A discussion that you had with the cash flow exposure how do you manage it then as well as it's really important and insightful information that you gave us about selecting a finance professional and the skills that they need to have to be successful thank you very much i look forward to having you again for us to discuss another interesting topic Thanks. I wish you the best.
1: Thanks a lot. Thank you.
0: I hope you found this session useful. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Access, and I'm your host, Andrew Dialves. Thank you.